the Tuesday Morning Patriot Show. And now, here is your host, Clint Didier. Good morning, Eastern Washington. And thank you again for this opportunity to speak to you this morning. Well, we've got, uh, boy, it's like a hornet's nest out there in the country today. There's just all kinds of talk of of uh, Ted Cruz and what he said about Mitch McConnell on the Senate floor calling him a liar, and he's getting reprimanded for calling him a liar, but it's okay for Mitch McConnell to lie. Now, what's wrong with that? Then we got Planned Parenthood and these videos, and there's more of them that are going to come out. And it's despicable, deplorable, the, the tearing apart of human life for organs. And they call it, they just call it a... Uh, uh, Bill, what do they call it? They're just calling it tissue. It's, yeah, they're calling it a tissue. They're man. just calling it a tissue, but yet they, they're harvesting livers and lungs and hearts from, these, from this, this life that God has created. And, uh, you know, Planned Parenthood was created by Ma Richards, and her daughter, Cecile Richards, was on a lot of the talk shows. And she was saying that it's all a lie. No, Cecile, you're the liar because there's too much blunt and evidence for you to be sitting up there talking about that's not happening and that it's that saving lives because you guys are creating cures when, you know, I said last show, during the Holocaust in Germany, we, there were six million Jewish people that died. In this Holocaust of America, there's been 55 million human beings destroyed and counting. And I tell you, it's just deplorable that we're allowing this to go on. Uh, in Sunday's paper, in the Tri-City Forum, uh, beyond acronyms, facts and myths on free trade, uh, article, uh, letter to the editor here by Dan Newhouse. And ladies and gentlemen, he goes through, and it's just a bunch of mumbo-jumbo. It doesn't make any sense what he's saying, and he fails to mention TAA, the assistance to the American people, their jobs that are going to be lost because of these trade agreements. And I can't remember who said it, but any time we make a trade agreement with a, with a poor nation, we lose jobs. And that's because we go set up a shop in their, their countries, create it, and then import it into America. And therefore, the jobs of America are lost. I'm fighting for the American worker. I want him to work here in America. And this whole thing, call Dan Newhouse up and ask him, hey, how'd you vote for TAA? Because this was a whole convoluted mess where they tore it all apart, all these agreements, and then they started voting on them individually, and until one was voted on the other, and then, of course, the Democrats all got behind TAA, and now it's passed. So your tax dollars are going to help fund more Americans getting out of a job. Then the, today's paper, and this is Monday, how Senate differ on transportation funding. Well, they've attached the Import-Export Bank to the transportation budget, and this is a whole other convoluted mess. And thank God we've got Cruz and Mike Lee back there fighting for us, and they're saying this is all a ploy by Cruz to help him get his numbers up for the presidential race, and I say, no, it's not. He's fighting for the American. He, he was fighting this way before he ever announced running for president. Remember, he was the one that, that uh, shut down the government, right? Got blamed for it anyway, and thank God he did. That's exactly what we got to do. we got to stand up as Americans. Now, today I heard Obama over in the, uh, uh, Africa, Egypt, saying that he's concerned about these Republican candidates and all this rhetoric that they're throwing out there and all this, and that in 18 months, he's going to turn the keys over 
to the next president. No, Obama. And I refuse to call him President Obama. No, Obama. You're not turning the keys over to anything. You were elected by we the people. We the people. The first three words of the most powerful document ever to be put forth on this earth except the Bible. We the people elect a President Obama. You're not turning anything over until we get you out of office. And when we get you out of office, things are going to get a lot better. Wow. Got a little, got a little wound up there. But things are really starting to happen. Take your spring wound up with Clint. Oh, it's wound up tight, tight today. I tell you, this whole thing, it's, it's almost coming to a, a focal head. But today, ladies and gentlemen, we are uh, given the pleasure to have a special guest on the program. Now, we've got a very important election coming up here this fall, and the primary is right around the corner. We have the ninth congressional or the ninth representative district here. Uh, Susan Fagan was the one that was serving in there. We have an appointment in there now, but we have an election. And in studio this morning, we have the man I'd like to see serving in that position, Richard Latham. Uh, Mr. Latham, I'd like to really thank you for your 37 years in law enforcement and 28 years as our sheriff of Franklin County. And if I remember right, when you came into office, this was not a business-friendly environment, nor was it a safe environment. Enlighten us a little bit. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you this morning. Yes, you go back to uh, 86 was when I was elected and took over in November. Um, you know, the city of Pasco, Franklin County, uh, we had one of the highest crime rates on the West Coast. Um, our schools had a terrible reputation. Um, you know, our population was about 30,000 back then. and. You know, people weren't wanting to move to Pasco, Franklin County. They weren't wanting to, definitely weren't wanting to start a business there. And I, I think what happened over the years uh, is a good example of what government is about, what government's responsibility is, and that's to provide adequate schools for our kids, provide public safety, and the infrastructure of a, of a county and city with roads. And when the government does those well, then business can do what they do, and that's what you can see over in Franklin County and Pasco. And we went from uh, one of the worst communities in the state to now one of the fastest-growing areas in the state, and, and we tripled, almost tripled our population, and now businesses are coming in, people are building houses, and I think two of your kids bought houses there in the, that new area, and so, um, you know, things have changed, and I think that's a good example of let government do what they do and let private sector do their thing. Exactly. And you know, you, you nailed it right there because when I ran for the House and I also ran for the Senate, but what, what was the responsibility of the federal government? And it was four areas, just exactly what you said. National security, first and foremost. And you know, in the, on the national level, we need to secure our borders. Then it was coin and currency was one of the responsibilities right. for, for that. And then roads and transportation and commerce between states and nations. So, you know, that was a responsibility of the federal government. Look how they're into our integral lives. But then on the state level, same thing, and on the local level. So uh, you and I, I think, agree. Our government was intended to be a limited government with these responsibilities instead of everything that they're into, all these social issues and with this, with this whole thing happening with Planned Parenthood. And I, I, I applaud Rand Paul for introducing a bill on the Senate floor to defund Planned Parenthood. It has to be done. 
in the state level, I know that uh, there's a lot of money being put forth to Planned Parenthood, uh, Planned Parenthood yeah. in the state. I believe the, the budget that they just passed it includes like five and a half million dollars for Planned Parenthood, and that there may be more than that, but I know one part of it is five and a half million dollars, and you know there's it's you know you touched on it earlier. It's just despicable what's going on, um, and it's, I think there's a lot of a lot of concerns have been raised over that, and it's not just what's wrong there, but I think the potential for for harming women because the motivation is going to be to keep those babies longer term before they abort them because there's a profit motivation by the doctors, and it's just a, it's just a bad thing. And it's something that should not be going on in the United States of America. Well, and then as a farmer, and yes, two of my boys did buy houses in Pasco, and uh, again, I want to thank you for cleaning up the mess. You did a great job. Uh, as when I was back in D.C. playing football, I remember some things that were happening, and one of them made national news, and it was right after you took your tournament, so it took a while for you to get it done, but boy, you've made Pasco, you've made Franklin County a safe environment for all the residents, so thank you for that, and thank you for your service to our county, our state, and our country. Well, you're welcome, and thank you for saying that. I mean, it, wasn't, it wasn't all me, but no, uh, you know, it was... It was the different team. government efforts, efforts working yeah. together, yeah. and uh, and I think I think you know it's, when I went in there, it was people just accepted the status quo. You know, it's always been this way. We've always had this prostitution, this drug activity, and you know we had to finally say no. We don't have to accept this. You know, we can do things differently. And I think that's what we see in our government. A lot of things is well, that's just the way it is. Well, no, it doesn't have to be that way. Well said. That's exactly right, and that's. The reason why we came up with this program is not only to educate, but to motivate. And that's where we have a lot of Christians. And if you're one of them out there that we're speaking to, we really need you to get active in this election and, and support. Uh, I always call him Sheriff Latham, but Richard Latham, support Sheriff Latham for this position because he did a fine job in our county and he'll do a great job for us in the state. And we need people back there because we have a whole list of issues here that I want to talk about. Let's start off with taxes. You know, we've got a we've got Governor Inslee, who I have a hard time calling him governor, but he's uh, he he's wanting this carbon tax. He uh, he wants a gas tax. He's wanting to tax the people to death in this state, and they have sort of warded him off. But we need reinforcements. We need people like you over there. Well, you're absolutely right. I think what. What's unfortunate is that when he campaigned, you know, he was questioned about taxes, and he said he would veto taxes. I don't think he's vetoed a tax yet. In fact, he's come around and, and pushed for these carbon taxes and other things. He was actually pushing for a dollar a gallon gas tax. That doesn't sound like somebody that that wants to veto taxes. But what's surprising to me is I've gone around the district. You know, I, when I speak at different events and forums, I, you know, I say one of the things I'm opposed to increase taxes, and I'm surprised at some of the audience. They they kind of come down on me like they're convinced that we need more taxes to run our government. We you know we started off this last session with 37 billion dollars for the state budget for next biennium, and by the time they got the budget passed, there was 2.2 billion in increased revenue. So they have 39 billion dollars to run the state for the next two years. And that shows that our economy is recovering, but it's not fully recovered. So who's not to say that in two more years there won't be $41 billion, but once you pass a tax, they're not going to give it back. They never do. And they're going to spend it. And 
you know, that goes back to our talk about limited government. I mean, why do they need more and more and more money? And I think, you know, if, if there's other motivations there, this idea of redistribution of wealth and other things like that, but uh, there's a lot of things that people need to wake up and be concerned with the direction that some people are trying to push this government. Well, and, and I think every time they do get elected, and I'm talking about the last governors we've had, Greg Wire, Inslee, Locke, every time that they get reelected, the first meeting they have is always with all the union bosses, and they ask them, they, they tell them, first of all, thank you for getting me elected. Now, what is the main concern? What, what do you? And they also we want more employees. Well, with more employees, takes more revenue. And you're exactly right. We got we got a, a rainy day fund. We got an abundance of and why? Because I honestly attribute it to the fact that fuel went down so far. More of it was sold, and who's the big biggest profiter from the fuel? Is the taxation, and it just went up eleven and a half cents. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, and that was introduced by a Republican. Curtis King introduced that. And they settled on eleven and a half cents instead of Inslee's dollar uh, seventeen that he wanted for the carbon tax. Well, now, when's enough enough? I mean, now the biggest profiter is the government, state and federal, on taxing fuel at seventy-two cents a gallon goes to state and federal government on gasoline every gallon you buy. How much is enough? Well, as far as they're concerned, there's never, never enough for those that like taxes, but. Uh, Obviously, there's there's got to be a stop to that, and um, I just, I, it's hard to understand why they can't understand the potential negative impact this is all going to have on our economy. But they're more worried about what they're doing to you know protect the environment. I think it's their bottom line motivation, not worried about how it affects uh, those of us, especially those of us in Eastern Washington who have to drive large distances. You know, you look at the Ninth District; you've got a lot of a lot of low-income people living out in these rural communities, they have to drive, you know, 50 miles round trip to go to work. And, um, you know, what a burden you're putting on those people. And, and you've got senior citizens that are retired that live out for these rural areas. And so, I mean, it's bad for everybody, but it's, a, it's especially uh, burdensome on, uh, I think, our rural people areas, yes. And, you know, all we got to do is go back to Ronald Reagan and what he did. He lowered all the tax rates. And what did it do? It spurred the economy. And what happened? It had a abundance of growth in America, and what did it do? It filled the coffers so full of tax money because of the increase in activity and revenue. There was an abundance of, see, we don't trust the system, the free market system, and it does work. We can lower taxes and create more revenue to the government, but they don't trust it. They want to take it from us instead of well, they don't want to generate. They don't want to be patient and wait for it to come in. They want it now. and and they want to spend it on, on programs to build their power base. But uh, I guess the unfortunate thing I see is that they forget why they're there and who they work for. That's right, we the people. Now, another big issue that's on my list, and that is Inslee has made mention, and he wants to turn over our water, our waterways, and the control of water to the EPA, a federal agency. Now, one of the usurpations in the... The Declaration of Independence was he has erected, meaning the king, he has erected a multitude of new offices, sent out his hither swarm of officers to harass our people and to eat out their substance. Now, if we turn our waterways over to the EPA, uh, we're going to lose control. 
And if they shut us, if they want to take it away from us farmers, they will. How do you feel about this? Well, I, I don't think we should give up any any authority or any control that we have as a state. I mean, we if we've got those rights and that, that authority now, then there's no reason whatsoever that we should ever uh, give up those rights to the federal government. Um, you know, we can work with the federal government where we need to, but we don't want to. Once we give up that control, then we don't have much say. You know, we're just we're one of 50 states. And um, they basically do what they want, and you're basically given a federal agency that doesn't seem to have much uh, ability for anybody to control. So I, I, that's, uh, I don't know why we would ever stand for that. Well, if you if you just tuned in, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Richard Latham, running for the ninth uh, the ninth seat here in the House of Representatives for our state. Uh, do you have a website? Yes, I do. It's uh, Richard. Uh, for com. Richard for com. Now, if anybody wants to send into a, a contribution, where would they send that into? Well, they can go on that site and, uh, and donate that. right there. Yeah, and then we also, you know, we're on Facebook, and so we've got a little bit of activity on there. I, I put out a deal the other day on the Second Amendment and my stand on that and a few other issues. So, Well, let's talk about that. What is your stand, though? What do we got you on the radio? What is the stand on the Second Amendment? Well, the Second Amendment and our, and our state constitution both allow for us to have possession of firearms, and so uh, we should never give that up, and, and I will stand to support that. Fantastic. And, of course, we are an open carry state, meaning that if you have it out in the open, you're allowed to carry it on your hip everywhere. Right. And that's uh, I like that about the state of Washington, but believe me, there are those out there that are trying to take that away from us. Yeah, we're, we're really the state of Washington, you know, as, as a sheriff, you know, I issued a lot of handgun uh, concealed pistol permits, but, you know, it's uh, basically in the state of Washington, it's, it's, if you're qualified, then, you know, you can carry the gun, you just get with that permit and carry concealed. And, you know, some states are a little more restrictive, but I think we're, we're pretty good as far as, you know, letting our people have access to guns. I think we have enough laws on the books to take, to take care of any abuses. All we got to do is enforce them. Absolutely. And so that's that's really all that needs to be said about that. Now, uh, at this point in time, I'd like to give a big shout out for the sponsors of the show, and uh, of course, Tire Factory is a corporate sponsor, and I got to give them a big kudos and thank you very much. Please, uh, if you have any tire needs or even an oil change, they do it all at the Tire Factory stores. And then uh, I'd also like to say thanks to Tri City Battery, Griggs. Ranch and home, and a, and a new one, Eltopia Irrigation. That's right, Eltopia Irrigation. If you need anything for your yard sprinkler or screens or you name it, they got it. Eltopia Irrigation, right out there where I live, which once was called Hell to Pay, Washington. And it was a little warm when they put the railroad tracks through there. So, as we carry on here, is there anything that you would like to add as far as what you would like to achieve as the state rep for the 9th District? Well, one of my, we already talked a little bit about that is the taxes. I mean, I, I think that's got to be our the number one priority of a Republican representative, especially in this area, is to is to hold the line and say no to the increased tax requests. And uh, I'd also like to see the our state government prioritize the budget, you know, and, and identify those like we talked earlier those things that are constitutional requirements and the duties of government. You know, let's fund those first. Let's adequately fund those. That's you know, the criminal justice system, the schools. Fund those first, and then we can talk about other things. But 
those things need to be funded, and then other things you just don't fund them or you reduce the funding to make the, to balance the budget. But this, so that's that's kind of my motivation in running. That's where I want to be, and I think that's that's representing the people. And and you know, and I you know I want to do what the the people want for this area, and I want to represent their values and their beliefs. And um, and to do that, you know. I want to be in communication with the people and, and do what they want. Not, I don't have an agenda that I'm going to, to other than what I'm saying here. I think that my agenda is what I think the people. Yeah, I just and I, you know I, I got to take my hat off to you too because uh, we sort of seen this disarray of America, this unraveling of America, and, and we called you as the committees of safety, and we went, we asked you if we could come and talk to you, and you said absolutely. You opened up your office. You let four or five of us come in, sit down twice to talk about our concerns. And so, as a sheriff, you were very open to that. And as a state rep, I'm sure you'll be the same way. And that's what we got to have: open line of communication and a and a way to vent and to argue if we don't like what they're doing. Absolutely. I, you know, I've over the years, you know, I've interacted a lot with with our state legislature. You know, as the sheriff for criminal justice issues and then local government issues, public policy. And, uh, and I've interacted with a lot of great representatives and senators, and I've interacted with some uh, that I didn't care much for, uh, their dismissive attitude. And so, you know, I think as a state representative, you know, you got to listen to people. Even if someone comes in with a totally different view, I think you have to show them respect and, and let them air what they want said. And, you know, because you need to hear from everybody. It's not just one side, but uh, the bottom line is you got to represent the majority of the people and do what's right. Well, that's well said, and I got to—I also got to compliment you because as a as a coach for Connell High School, when I coached them in the uh, late late 90s and then into 2000, I had the opportunity to coach your son Mark. Yeah. And they always say the apple doesn't fall, fall too far from the tree. Well. I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, this was a uh, a young man that started for us as a junior and a senior. But uh, fine, we never had to worry about Mark doing anything to embarrass us. He was a fierce competitor. He was a respectful young man, and it was a pleasure to coach him. So I just like to compliment you on your your son Mark and what a fine American he has become. Thank you. And so, Bill, would you like to ask uh, uh, Richard any questions? I think you said it. I think you've done a marvelous job of uh, covering everything that I had on my mind. I had a bunch of things I, I was going to uh, bring up, and you nailed them. But I'm glad to see that you're with the uh, majority of, I think, Eastern Washington on the thing that Olympia has to control spending first before they start asking for more money uh, to uh, uh, to do things. Well, absolutely. I mean, you you got to... You know, if you need, if, if they have to have more taxes, then then they they need to have done everything they could to cut spending. And I mean, it's got to be the very last resort, not the first thing. It seems like they turned it out the first thing. Like, well, you want to do this? Okay, let's get some more taxes. Well, um, that's got to be the last last place you go. And the recent very long and extended uh, legislative session. One of the big issues was funding for schools, which was mandated by the state Supreme Court, and yet they still couldn't complete the job. They they did a partial and then punted the rest of the uh, uh, the process on down the road, which means the courts are going to be unhappy again. But at the same time, overall spending went up and taxes went up. 
Well, right, and I, you know, I, uh, we're hoping that you know maybe there'll be some change, uh, you know, in the makeup of the legislature in the next few years. Uh, each each year, we the Republicans have gained in the House, and uh, but uh, you know we finally got control of the Senate, but we need to get control of the House, and we're moving closer to that. But we also have to get the right people. That's right. Not just just because you have an R doesn't mean that uh, you know you're going to be the do the right thing, and uh, that's exactly right. But uh, we, we got to get the right people in there, principal people that will stand by the platform of the Republican Party, and more importantly, stand by the Constitution of the State of Washington and the United States. Now, on education, got a question for you. Uh, Common Core. Uh, how do you feel about Common Core and this one size fits all for the nation? Well, I think in theory it was it might have been a good idea, but in, in practicality, it's it's not working. And I, I, but there again, if you take money from the federal government, there's going to be strings attached, and that's, that's the problem. Um, but I think you know, when you on on issues with whether it's education or whatever, you know, there needs to be involvement with the educators. You know, the lawmakers shouldn't be telling the schools how to run um, the schools. There's got to be a cooperation there with, with their expertise, whether it's in that field or some other field that we're talking about. But, I mean, obviously, in this state, it's a constitutional requirement on that, so it is responsible to the legislature, and they, they need to have accountability for the money that the schools have. But I think we should be holding accountable on adults. You know, if they can get kids graduated and be successful, then if there's a better way of doing it, then, then they should have to do that. Well, we both know that the, the successful children more often than not come from healthy homes, and that's for the mother and the father that uh, engage with them. But the schools are very important. But here again, I, I was always taught competition brings up that. So why are we restricting the schools in actually competing to see who's the best at teaching children? What's wrong with that? Because with that comes a new level of learning and teaching. And and that's the one thing that our founders really wanted us to concentrate on is that these 50 states, we were given the Bill of Rights, the first 10 amendments, and they said, okay, here's your right. Now, if we forgot anything, we'll give you the 10th amendment. That's where states' rights supersede the federal government. Therefore, the responsibility of education should be a state issue, and the state should compete for those children. And the successful schools will have an influx of people moving to it because parents will want their kids to succeed, which will rise all the schools up. That's why. I say competition is the best thing for America. Well, you're right. I mean, that's, if without competition, then what's the point? Why do you have to try? If you get the same amount of funding, whether you're, you're good or mediocre, what's the point? Right. So, again, we are talking with Richard Latham, running for the ninth district seat here in the state of Washington. And please give your website out again. It's richardforstaterep.com. Go on his website. Check out Mr. Latham. And uh, please uh, get active. Talk to your neighbors. Tell them that we need to get this man in office. He has uh, been excellent Franklin County as a sheriff, 28 years. 37 years in law enforcement. This is a fine man for America that we need to get into office. And ladies and gentlemen, we are just about out of time, so I would like to say one last thing about the national issue uh, issues is this Iran deal. Tom Cotton came out and spoke about this Iran deal, and he says that there's secret side deals. And then one of the secret side deals is we can't even look at these military sites in Iran because they have already been testing these nuclear weapons. Uh, this is a bad deal. I, my, my gut feeling is this is horrible for America. Please Call your senators and your congressmen and tell them no to the Iran deal. We do not want this. And with that, keep your powder dry. And remember, God will bless America when Americans bless God.